Welcome into Woods and Water, South Carolina. It's been a busy week at ICAST in Orlando, Florida. Got to sit down with some people from South Carolina, some other people uh, that I think you'll enjoy listening to about some new products, maybe just some opinions, and uh, what's going on in the fishing world. So we're going to start it off with uh, Department of Natural Resources Director Robert Boyles. Hope you enjoy it. We'll be back after this clip. Continuing on with the, the live from ICAST, and man, it's, uh, it, it's pretty cool when you come down to Florida and the director of the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources is here, Robert Boyles. I know we're going to do a show where we talk a lot more about you and, and, and Department of Natural Resources and all, but I wanted to get you while we're here. Welcome to your first time on Woods and Water, South Carolina. Roger, appreciate it. Delighted to be here. And um, we're delighted to be here um, with you and delighted to be here at ICAST. Um, we've got strong interests in fishing in South Carolina, as you know, and we have a number of, um, in addition to just great support from our angling public, boating public, we've got great support in the fishing industry in South Carolina. There are a number of businesses that have made South Carolina their home um, who have a very strong interest in access and opportunity to um, strong fisheries, and that certainly is something that your Department of Natural Resources has strong interest in. So yes. our our destinies, as, uh, as our freshwater fisheries chief, Ross Self, likes to say, um, our destinies are linked. You know, so the... The, the um, health of the resource is certainly going to help these businesses, our industry partners, um, continue to grow in South Carolina. And certainly the, the health and, and our fisheries resources are going to help um, our constituents continue to have access and opportunity uh, to what I believe is one of our competitive advantages as a state in South Carolina. And that's just incredible recreational opportunities, great lakes and rivers and waterways to go out um, by yourself, with your family, with friends, however you like to go out and, and uh, uh, enjoy our resources and get out there and really enhance our quality of life. I mean, it's, it's what it's all about. Here we are in July um, in the midst <laughs> of uh, in Orlando. It's hot outside, but, yeah. uh, you know, you can... Um, you can find shade, and you can find a nice shade tree, yep. and uh, and throw out a bobber and a worm um, or an artificial, and have a great time. Um, really, just kind of exploring the mysteries of fishing in I South see. Carolina. You know, I, I think it's mossy oak fishing because I hear it on Bass Live. They have a commercial, and somebody starts out. You know, the fishing line is a connection. To an unknown adventure beneath the water that you know is there. It is one of the great commercials yes. I've ever heard. Yes, you heard it. I it do. is yep. great. Absolutely. I love that one. It is. Um, it is when you when you come and and, and DNR and I love coming here because it, usually Thursday mornings or whatever we have our South Carolina family picture. We took yep. it keeps growing. Yes, the number of companies and people from South Carolina that are represented here keeps growing. We have a great time as a family. Yes, kind of as a South Carolina family in the industry. But when you come here as the Department of Natural Resources, what do you? What are some of the things you're doing? Sure. I mean, I know sure. you're going around and visiting like all our, all our South Carolina companies and, right. and and keeping that bond tight because this is one place you can go and they're all in one place, right. so you can knock out a bunch of them. But what are some of the other things y'all might be doing this week while sure. you're here? Sure. A lot of it, Roger, is relationship building, and, and that's putting faces with names. And I mentioned our shared destinies. Um, what many people may or may not know, and certainly something that we're trying to, to help spread the word on, is a lot of our programs at South Carolina DNR are funded 
by um, revenues derived from federal excise taxes sure. on, in this case, fishing tackle. And so we've got um, anything from some of our hatchery operations, um, uh, our monitoring, our, our electroshocking efforts, you know, making sure that the uh, fisheries in our lakes and our reservoirs uh, are, are in good, good shape, um, our stocking programs. A lot of those programs are supported by these excise taxes that are paid um, by these industries, um, and we just wanted people to know, you know, what those dollars are going towards. And so, for instance, um, we've had a couple of our industry partners tell me, you know, before before we initiated this outreach effort, we knew we had to strike a check regularly. Didn't really know where it was going. Was it, was it going to build a hospital in Indiana, or was it going to build, uh, you know, bridges in, in Washington State sure. or in or in Florida? Um, but the, the fact of the matter is, is those taxes um, have been in place for over 75 years, um, federal aid in wildlife and sport fish restoration. And so what we do, those those dollars are allocated back to the state of South Carolina and our sister states based on um, populations and license sales, et cetera. And we use those dollars to put back into our program so that we can invest in the resource. So a lot of this is just reaching out to those our industry partners so that they know, hey, um, this is how those dollars are being used sure. to go back into the resource. And, and we've gotten very, very positive feedback from our industry partners because they, they recognize we're, reinv- we're taking those dollars and reinvesting in um, programs to help, in this case, recreational fishing um, in South Carolina. So, again, that just reiterates that um, shared destiny in terms of... Sure. Um, industry customers and our anglers in South Carolina. So we walk around, introduce ourselves because you know we this is a, a growth area in South Carolina um, in terms of boating and fishing. Um, industrial partners in South Carolina. Um, it's a great place to live and work and play and do business. Sure. And so what we want to do is just um, get to know our partners, um, see what we can do to support them. Um, and as you mentioned, you referenced the, the family photo on Thursday mornings. Yeah. Always a great, great time to, to for us to just um, tell our industry partners, thank you. Sure. We appreciate what they do, um, again, in providing um, for people to be able to pursue their passions in fishing. And so, um, you know, again, we try to encourage that. We try to, to reinvest in the resource um, access and opportunity to fisheries resources and we just want to say thanks, and we gather and, and here in the booth and get a great uh, get us all crowded in yeah. and um, take a cats. family photo. Yeah, it is, <laughs> but it's a great time, and it's just again recognizing that um, conservation is a team sport. It is, and so reiterating that and just thanking our in, uh, industry partners for um, helping to support great quality resources in South Carolina. Coolest thing you've seen while you've been down here? Oh, my. Anything jump out? Oh, come on now. It's got to be oh one thing. Oh, my. One thing. One thing. I, yeah, I've seen some really pretty cool <laughs> rods and reels. I've seen some really nice boats. I've got boat envy. Um, I don't know that I can point to one thing, but I will say some of the coolest things I've seen have been from some of our South Carolina oh, boating yeah. and fishing partners. Yeah. So uh, 
Um, I'll think about that. That's a that's a great one. I'll think about that. Between now and the interview we do, where we really delve into where DNR is going, somebody, you need to find the one thing. I will ask you. I will do that, and and I will say this: what I what I'm amazed by is the the level of innovation I see. Certainly, throughout the show floor, there's just a lot of. Industry that's represented here that are people that are trying to find new and creative ways to get people outside and to to enjoy fisheries. Seen some really cool things from some of our South Carolina um, industry partners that, to be honest with you, I don't know that I that I even recognized were um, that there was a market for. Sure. But, um, it's sure. everything from you know um, uh, you know active wear and clothing to make sure you know you're you're quick dry and protected from the sun to um, coolers to drink you know keeping you know baits um, chilled and drinks cool and uh, and uh, so we can stay hydrated yep. to some really pretty awesome watercraft and boats oh, that yeah. uh, built in South Carolina. That's so, right. There's a couple of big Freemans outside. I was going to say, yes. yes man, no. well, I you, there's no mistaking that Freeman line. There you see that boat and everybody goes, oh, that's a, a Charleston boat. It is. And as I said, I, boat envy, gear envy, <laughs> extraordinaire. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Robert. Uh, like I said, folks, we're going to have him back on and we're going to talk a lot more about where DNR is going and where he sees his passage line and all, but I appreciate you taking a few minutes here. Roger. Always a delight. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. It's been a, it's been a week. So, uh, but hang on. We're going to get back. We're going to have some more interviews re- directly from the floor of the ICAST show in Orlando, Florida. More Woods and Water South on the other side of the break. And welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. Coming in with a little bad company, and there's no smoke without a fire. Uh, uh, good ICAST show. Good ICAST. Taylor is, <laughs> Taylor is absolutely worn out, folks. My co-host on this show has been logging somewhere around 16,000 steps over the last couple of days. She's uh, <laughs> finding out what the trade show thing is all about. Uh, she has had some great... Uh, great interaction with some of her sponsors, Shimano, AFCO, and a few others, and uh, it, it's been a really good show for us. Kind of a little bit down. You hear some of the guys talking about it. Uh, a little more laid back, fun, great, just great to see everybody. Oh, my goodness. When you have good friends in the, in the fishing industry and you miss seeing them for over a year, uh, it's just good to go up and, and have a handshake, give a head hug, see people, talk to people. And, and know that they survived everything over last year. And uh, appreciate American Sport Fishing Association putting this on this year. And really good time. Um, no smoke without a fire. Our next guest is uh, is Patrick Walters. Caught up with him in the Iowa booth. Got his uh, take on the Elite Series stops coming up. And, and what he thought his sponsor, some of the new things they had out that he was looking forward to either getting to use or has already used, which is a lot of the cases. So here comes Patrick Walters. On Woods and Water, South Carolina. So back, another another episode of live from iCast here, and um, caught up with another of my favorites, Patrick Walters. 
finished fourth in the Angle of the Year race on the Elite Series. That's got to feel pretty good. You know, Roger, it's good to be here at ICAST. It's good to see you. It's yep. uh, fourth place. It wasn't too bad. It was a good season, but not necessarily the season we wanted. You know, that's what happens when you have some slips, and that's also what happens when you catch three fish for nine pounds at St. <laughs> Lawrence River, oh, the smallmouth capital of the world. <laughs> you I, I killed my fantasy fishing <laughs> that week. Trust me, I killed everybody in my family member as well. Nobody else probably picked me because it was smallmouth. Just my family and you, Roger. But uh, I think it's like the number three or number four fishery in the world, St. Lawrence River, and I went and caught three fish for nine pounds. <laughs> that just shows you it's not necessarily always that easy, yeah. but that's fishing. That's how yes. it goes. It's uh, you, you learn a lot. There's a lot of things to learn in fishing, and uh, sometimes uh, you got to take a step back and take a deep breath because uh, I saw that little that little black hair jig, and you're supposed to just slow roll that sucker. And I tell you, when I saw that thing, you skip, it. it was skipping across the surface like I was reeling a fluke, and I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> Honestly, I should have turned down that second Red Bull, but uh, oh. I was a little hyped up. Especially once you ride two hours, it was uh, I was a little fired oh, so up. So you went down to the lake? I went to the lake both days. Actually, I did the same exact thing on day two that I did on day one, uh, but I just took my time, took a deep breath, and just went fishing, and I ended up catching them day two. There you go. But, um, yeah, day one, it was 100-plus miles one way. Had to stop and get gas. I was burning 70 gallons of gas every single day. So it's uh, we were going through it, but that's the price you got to pay to try to catch them. And I didn't get paid. So I did get big bass checks. So that was the only good thing. But it barely covered the gas bill <laughs> for the week. Which is what a lot of people, yeah, they see you guys up there, and you're like, oh, they're rolling. But uh, uh-uh. sometimes it's a wash, and sometimes you lose. That is true. And that one was a wash because everybody is fishing that river. I mean, I feel like you could just close your eyes and you catch 17 pounds on that river. But I decided I was going to drive 100 miles. Miles and pass a million four-pound bass on the way to that lake, but that's just the glory land. That is where they live, and so sure. my boat did not stop until we got into that river, to that lake. Let's just say, folks, I'm glad I wasn't marshaling with it. You're right. Trust me. Hey, Roger, you're, you're really happy you were not marshaling with me day two at Champlain, okay. because when I say I sent it day you two. Sent it. A.K.A. Gunnersville said it. It was it was worse than Gunnersville. Oh my gosh! I promise you, because I was by myself, I had nobody with me, and I actually had 20 pounds of smallmouth that day. Right. But I had a two pound 11 ounce smallmouth in my bag that I could not get rid of. So I I fished to the last minute that I possibly could to make it back on smooth conditions. Yes. And it was rough. Pedal to the metal. And uh, when I it was like four footers, and I was still going 62 mile an hour, <laughs> I would jump the first wave and skip the next two, and then come down. I had knocked all my graphs that were basically laying in the floor of the boat. Honestly, I hurt my back. And this is, it was bad, but I will give a little plug. Listen, yes. You can put some of that CBD cream on your back. Yeah, it, it will it save works. your life. Because trust me, when I say I sent it that hard, yeah. I'm surprised the boat didn't crack in half. That's a testament to Falcon Boats because that boat will hold up. Because it was bad. I was like, man, if Roger was here, he'd be dog-cussing me right now. Oh, I'd have, I'd have jumped out a long time ago. You would have had to because we had to go. Oh, man. Uh, speaking of the Lit Series and, and sending it, got, uh, it's out, the Classic, of course, on Harville in March. And then uh, a stop on the home pond. To tell you the truth, I don't know which one I'm more excited about. The Lake Hartwell, the Classic. I'm going to go spend a lot of time in that one. Spent in the off-season, really just yeah, this, I mean, this is the middle of July. You guys are done. I know. Well, actually, the Classic's in March. Right. But it is July now. We're yeah. season's done, so I have, right. I have a bunch of off time, yep. so I'm going to go spend some time up there. But 
that one on Santee Cooper. Middle of March, March 17th through the 20th. The full moon is on the 18th. Oh, my goodness. When I say that tournament could be a slugfest, if the weather's right and everything works out, top 10 will have 100 pounds. The top 10. The top 10. The top 10. You heard it here first. It could the easily. It could take only 85 pounds to win if the weather's bad. But if but, the weather is right, it yeah. is on a full moon. That is, I tell you, it's a dream scenario. It kind of makes me nervous because they're going to catch them. Oh, yeah. Game. And that home pressure. So that's why I'm excited about it because, listen, I didn't do what I needed to do last year. Right. I'm going out there to catch them. But another one that I'm actually really excited yes. about. This sounds you weird. Okay, you tell. It's the St. Lawrence River going out of Clayton next year. Because that's almost at the lake itself. I'm, I'm going back for redemption. Okay. I, uh, I'm actually going to go back and fish the open up there in September of this All year. Right. Uh, the first five that I catch, I will probably fillet. <laughs> the first five, I'm going to chop their heads off, as Carl would always say. Uh, I'm going for some redemption. They didn't bite in the tournament for me, so... Uh, we're going to do a little bit of catch and release, <laughs> but catch and release in Crisco Lake. Okay, so uh, yeah. we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I'm excited about that one as well. Gosh, it's just firing up as happy it's hour at It is. Happy yes. hour at ICAST. You know things are happening. Some deals are currently getting cut. That's right. There's some, there's some, uh, some stuff going down. Uh, it is ICAST. Yes. And there's lots of stuff. Uh, you know, actually, it's down, I, what would you say, 65, 70%? I would say at least. I would say. There's some people that aren't here. Correct. Um, there's a few less buyers, a couple less vendors, but yep. there's still a lot of people walking around. Still some good booths. Really a relaxed atmosphere. I like this one. I do, too, actually, because you've had more time. Like, we have time to do the interview. Right. We can time to sit down, talk with people, and actually get more enjoyment out of it. We're usually... There's so much yeah. going on oh, yes. that you can't yeah. even have time to talk to anybody or at least have a conversation. Right, yeah, because your schedule is bang, 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 bang. Exactly, and I've only had two obligations this week, <laughs> so it's been pretty easy going. I cannot complain. Don't get used to it. Next year will be different. I say I had two obligations. I feel like I might have had more. I just didn't realize it. So if I missed anybody, I do apologize. Okay. <laughs> um, what you got going on? What, what's here at ICAST that you think is really cool from one of your sponsors are? Uh, Bass is one of the biggest things. They're not a sponsor of mine, but that's the organization I fish for. With them I, releasing the new schedule. Yes. I'm really excited about that. Daiwa's got the new Zillion SV TW. Really excited about that. I can't even get my hands on one. Um, big things. Rample has actually introduced a lot of new products. They didn't introduce them here. Right. They are coming out with like a DTA and stuff like that. I've caught, I saw the DTA. Now. I've caught a lot of fish on that sucker. It, uh, Neil Paul from Anderson, he's yes. actually seen it. Yes. First-hand experience. He was a marshal of mine at Pickwick. And you had, and, uh, had some. That's right. We caught him on it pretty good. So he's he's waiting on some. So that's one thing that I'm really looking forward to is the DTA, that new zillion. Um, Little Rock's got some new stuff. There's just a lot of things in the works. All the new technology. Um, I don't. Ha- I'm not affiliated with any brand specifically, right. but everybody's making some improvements, and that's the thing. Tell you the truth, one of my favorite things about ICAST is terminal tackle. Um, I'm a terminal tackle junkie, and there's a lot of new things that uh, we'll get to play with and uh, see how it works out. And for you that don't know what terminal tackle, that's your hooks and your hooks, weights, yep, yeah. all the good stuff. That's the little stuff that. That's when you know you're a nerd of bass fishing when <laughs> terminal tackle is one of your favorite things. Oh my god. <laughs> I actually have a pack of hooks in my pocket. Just make sure they don't come open. Holy smoke, those are like tiny. Drop shot hooks. Small mouth. I love small mouth fishing now. I'm gonna I'm I feel like to do good and and 
avenue of fishing or something, you have to completely immerse yourself into it. All right. And you have to become a part of like the little hair jigs. I was tying all my hair jigs this year. Oh, wow. Like really just kind of, you got to dive into it. You got to love it. You know, I actually caught a few fish drop shot this year. I have, I have expanded my fishing horizons. Yes, you have. Taylor does not like the idea that I'm now fishing her on the bank and deep. Um, Watch out. But, but okay, drop shot hook. That's really small. So in like 30 seconds, talk about how small the hooks are. And, and you tend not to have confidence in a small hook. I, I like a five-all, you know, where I can just rear back into it. But how can you use such a small hook on a fish like a smallmouth? Well, the thing is, you can use these for largemouth as well. This is actually a number three size drop shot hook. It's a very small hook. I mean, it's not even an inch long. It's a half an inch. But the thing is... There's different size hooks. You can still use a big drop shot hook okay. if you're exposing it. These, these are, you use the smaller hooks for nose hooking the bait okay. to give the bait more action. If you were to say expose the hook like you would normally Texas rig it on a drop right. shot, you could still use a bigger size hook. But okay. you can use a lighter wire. That way it'll still penetrate the fish's mouth because you're using it on spinning gear. But you're using a smaller hook because all they're doing is they're just biting their biting the whole bait, but the smaller hook gives the bait more action, okay. and they can bite it, and that weight, that hook has no weight to it, so they basically can't throw it at all, because as soon as you hook them, the bait usually throws off, right. and then you're just biting the fish, and they can't throw that hook. You can open the bale and give the, the fish complete slack, and pick it up 30 minutes later, and that fish will still be on their hook, because it's such a small hook, it'll just stays pegged. Completely. And that's where your rod and your line is reign supreme. 100%. That's why I'm one of my favorite rods from Diablo is the seven foot medium light using a super light action rod. I'm using six pound braid now for smallmouth. Okay. I mean light line, super smooth drag. Smooth drag is everything. And then that limber rod and that helps you land more fish. And then smallmouth country, everybody's gonna get the right bites. It's just landing the fish is the biggest thing. Patrick, thanks. I appreciate it. Look forward to next season and uh you know, you got a lot of time when you can call me anytime. We'll go fishing. Roger, I'm just waiting on you. <laughs> oh, baby, thanks, man. Thank you. Uh, always fun to catch up with Patrick. So enthusiastic about fishing. And he's, he's a lot of the guys I know, man, they fiddle with so many lures and do their own little thing with it and all. It's, it's really neat. So I think, yeah, we're going to wrap this one up, let you listen to a little music. We'll go into the next segment. And uh, we do have some, some news from home uh, about deer tags and all. So y'all hang on. Enjoy the music back. More Woods and Water South on the other side of the break. this song how far is heaven heaven's usually a boat ramp a tree stand tractor seat hiking trail my hammock on a nice nice uh cool day in the spring uh don't know where yours is but i hope it's somewhere outside i hope it's in some fresh air and uh hope you're out there enjoying the outdoors uh this is a show that that uh we met at icast which is the the international fishing show in orlando uh, florida 
comes around every year. Didn't have it last year. It was virtual. This year, of course, there's not a whole lot of internationals here. Uh, some of the, in fact, some of the manufacturers are not even here. Uh, but it, it's been a good week. It, it's been a busy week. A uh, lot of contacts, a lot of good things coming. And, um, you know, I got a text back, uh, a while back from a friend of mine, uh, Jerry Widener. If you listen during deer season, he's the owner of Hunter Safety Systems Manufacturers Lifelines and, and, uh, tree stand harnesses and he told me he was getting an efficient so i said we need to talk about though here uh jerry widener uh angler's best and uh, a couple of his products he's rolling out this week so another addition i know y'all get tired of hearing this live from icast but we're live at icast well we're kind of live at icast you and i jerry are live at icast and everybody else is listening to this after the fact but speaking of which it's you know there's no camouflage in here except over at Mossy Oak and, and Realtree. And I usually see this gentleman right here. He's got a lifeline on or a harness, and he's trying to keep you safe while you're deer hunting. But it's my buddy Jerry Widener from Hunter Safety Systems. And uh, he texted me and said, hey, are you going to ICAST? I said, yeah. He said, well, I'll see you there. And I really started scratching my head. But, uh, Jerry, it's good to see you, man. We had a great time at lunch today talking. Absolutely. Like, like a, Now we get to see each other every, like, six months instead of, like, every year. At ATA, so that's good. How good is that going to be? Gonna be? Uh, <laughs> but uh, Jerry and I have become very good friends. Uh, I really enjoy having him on the show because he is passionate about what he does when it comes to hunter safety system things, and I think he's just as passionate about this. I think this is actually like a little more fun. You know it is. to say, yeah. Because you don't have the life-saving effect that comes with this sure but who doesn't love fishing who doesn't love getting out and this catching is recreation fish? yeah it's recreation is fun. is fun it just is. wear your life jacket <laughs> that's right make sure make um sure. but seriously though you, you text me and said i see you like ass and i wonder like what you know why is he coming but you kind of you haven't gone like off the rails, but you've gone like 180 degrees, and now you're into the fishing side. Yeah, and you know what? It's fun to do that because we're seasonal in the hunting side, sure. and this helps to give me something to do and think about during that off-season of hunting. Okay. But I'm a fisherman, too. Yeah, I mean, course. most people you're think of me Alabama. as I'm from Alabama, so I'm going to hunt <laughs> and I'm going to fish. I'm going to fish, that's right. So when I'm not in the tree stand, I'm out here enjoying some, some hunting or some fishing. Yeah. And you know what? I've developed a couple of products. Okay. And what I want to tell you about a little bit is one of them is called the Lazy Joe, right. partially because I'm lazy. Lazy Joe. Yeah. And that Lazy Joe is a product that fits around the pedestal of your seat and has everything I need right there. Okay. So I never have to leave that pedestal. I can get my lures. I can get my uh, hook remover, my scissors, my pliers, anything I'm going to need. My drink and never get off the seat. Never get off my trolling motor. So if I'm going to change a lure, I typically have to go back, open my compartment of the boat, take out my tackle box, open that up, do whatever I'm going to do. Get back on my trolling motor because now I've drifted 130 yards off the course and continue on. Well, this Lazy Joe was actually named because it works like a Lazy Susan under that pedestal of your seat. And it takes up no valuable real estate in the boat. Sure. But gives me everything at arm's length right there, everything I'm ever going to need. All right, so walk us around it. All right. You can take off your trays, change your lure. I can take my trays out and actually put individual lures inside Because there. It's like, there's like little slots here that you can hang a treble hook for a crankbait, topwater plug, whatever else. Exactly. 
If I want, if I'm thirsty, I got access to my drink. And you, what do you call the little things inside the drink holder that kind of compress the drink? They're like little little bumpers. rings. Yep. <laughs> bumpers. So okay. when you put your drink in there, it's not going to bounce around right. as it's traveling down the lake. It zip holds it right it in there. Sits it right in there. Makes it perfect in there. Now, not all pedestals are the same size. Sure, right. So we've got an adapter in there to make sure it, it fits whatever that. pedestal size you have. Some pedestals have the little button, so I've got to tab, right? I've got to be able to accommodate that. Yep. Another thing I wanted to do was to make sure that this doesn't become a holding area for standing water. Okay. If it's raining out, sure. I don't want my lures, my tackle now to be filling up. There. Exactly. So everything drains through. Drain holes under the bottom, so Kinda the like water will pot. run out, just like a flower pot. But it's self-serving in the fact that it's not going to hold that water. It's going to actually have an area for that water to flow out. It's angled at such a point, and the height is at such a point that I don't care how rough the water is. Okay. All of the items inside the Lazy Joe are going to stay there. All right. If you're bouncing in heavy, heavy water and heavy lake, it's going to stay. Nothing's going to bounce out. And you also got slots for, which you actually manufacture the tools for, too. You got a hook remover, yep. a pair of scissors, and, and a pair pliers. of pliers. Yep. So everything is there that you need. Crappy fishermen, beware. That's it. <laughs> our brim fishermen. You know, the things that we've hung our hats on with Hunter Safety System is not coming to the market with another Me Too type product. Right. It's innovative. Hunter Safety System, we were the first ones that come out with that type of product. Sure. And we're proud of that. And that's what we're trying to do on this side as well. This product doesn't exist anywhere else. No one's ever done that before. And that space underneath your seat is area that is not taking up real estate in your boat because right. this space out here on your platform is valuable. Oh, it is. And I can't afford to just take something and lay it down out there. But that takes up no valuable real estate at all. And yet gives me all the conveniences I need. And it's shaded. And it's shaded. <laughs> and it's shaded. Alright, that's the bump that's the lazy Joe. You've also got something here that is really what you sent me when uh, you called me. Okay. It's, it's kind of what you said. Hey, look at this. Here's some videos to look at. Here's some research we've done. Talk about it. Because I think it's, um, especially for the pan fishermen, it's a great thing. It also has application for a bass fisherman when you're putting the biggest five in the live well. You know, putting fish in the live well is what we're after. We want to go out there and fill that live well full of fish. But then we get home and now work. Now I got to get on my hands and knees and start digging down into that live well to take all the fish out. Right. No longer. All right. The live well, buddy, is a floating net that sits inside the live well that now when I want to get my fish out, I just grab that, pull it out, all my fish come with it. Whether I've got 50 crappie in there or eight bass or whatever it is, they're all out in five seconds, and I don't even have to touch the fish. Pull them out, easy to go. Take them to the cleaning table and wherever I'm going. Start your work. But it's simple, it's easy, because again, I'm kind of lazy. I want to do it the easy way. So what is it? What's it made out of, and how does it work? All right, it's a styrofoam ring that floats. Okay. It's a synthetic blend net that works like rubber but it doesn't dry rot and crack like rubber. But it works beautiful when you're pulling those fish out of that live well. The heavier, the more fish you have, the more it just elongates and pulls right out. Wow. Another nice thing is when you put the fish in there, 
they don't immediately go bam, 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 all around. They're not bouncing around the live well. Right. They hit that rubber, and they seem to just ease right down. It calms the fish. It keeps the fish alive longer. They're more lively when you take them out of that live well. If you're looking to cull a bass, sure. it's easy. Just reach in, grab it, cull that fish right back in. I get ready to go to my weigh-in. I pull them out, throw them inside my bag. I'm on the way to weigh-in. Easy, simple. <laughs> That's what it's about, Rog. All right. And you were talking today at lunch. How long have you been working on this? Three years. Three years. It's been fun, but we have changed it entirely over those three years. From where you start off to where you finally go to market is typically something totally different. You've been to my office. Oh, yeah. You've seen the first harness yeah, we ever made. Yeah, I've seen the first harness. It's nothing like the harnesses we no, built. No, it's not. Today. Not at all. No. But you got to start somewhere. And it, we waited three years. Instead of bringing it out, we wanted to make sure it's perfect, and it is. Very cool. Jerry, it's always fun to catch up with you. Sure is, Rog. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put one of these to use for you and, and tell you how it does. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, won't be long till ATA is here. Hey, <laughs> and you know what? We might end up giving some away, you know You that? never know, folks. You hear that? Say it a little louder. We just might want to give a few away to some of those lucky listeners. There you go. All right, folks. Hang in. We'll be back with more live from iCast. It's always so much fun to talk to Jerry. He is uh, he is a passionate guy about safety on the hunting side. And we talked. We we ended up sitting at lunch uh, the other day for for somewhere around an hour talking about business. You know, it's it's fun to to really get to know some of these people and and how they they how they tick. And Jerry's just passionate about it, and he loves the outdoors. Um, and it's it's, but it's gonna be it's gonna be odd seeing him on the fishing side. I'm just used to not used to seeing the the both sides to him. So anyway, uh, yeah, we'll let you listen to a little music. Come back, and uh, last segment got Brandon Cobb caught up with him. Get some news, and that'll be a show for this week. So uh, hang on. Back with more from ICAST in Orlando, Florida. You know, for some reason or another, in my early years, I thought that was hollow notes, but it's not. It's Santana. Uh, just one of those things you remember. Uh, welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. Hope you're having a great Saturday afternoon. We uh, caught up with Brandon Cobb on the floor of ICAST Show at the Arc Rod booth, uh, where he has his signature rods are out there. He talks a little bit about that, uh, a little bit about the Elite Series, and uh, when he's done, I'll come back, wrap up the show and uh, then we'll have probably another one of these next week uh, with some new products from other companies and and maybe a recap from Taylor on her week. She is uh, she's had a week and I uh, got a big announcement on the on the grandparent baby side. So y'all hang through. 
We'll be back after Brandon Cobb and wrap up the show. Live from ICAST, and uh, it's always cool to run into people that you know and have known, and Brandon Cobb is one of those guys, and we actually kind of got lunch at the same place today. We did. And it was pretty good. My, my chicken looked like chicken. Was yours chicken? Mine was questionable. <laughs> Truly. It, a little weird. A little weird, yeah. <laughs> it was lunch, when, you, it, when you're in a place like this, you eat lunch here, and you're at the risk, mercy of whoever's there. You usually don't have time to eat, so True. it's actually good to have time to eat. Which is which is uh, a real thing this year, I guess, because it's a little scaled down. Not as many people here. Kind of more relaxed. It is. It's a lot slower this year, and uh, still big show. I mean, I would say I would say it's seventy percent. Yeah. Of normal. That's but about right. It's, uh, it's manageable this time. Usually, you don't you can't even remember what happened after a couple of days, but this time's because your manageable. schedule is so jam packed. Yeah. You're here, there, and everywhere. It's kind of you kind of have time to roam around a little bit. Yeah. Not as bad. Not as bad. Yeah. Uh, hey. The Elite Series' schedule is out. Going to be Hartwell for the Classic. Ninth in the angle of the year points yep. on the Elite Series. Good year. And a good end, man. The, the two smallmouth lakes, which are not your Well, I didn't smallmouth one of them. Okay. You largemouth. Yeah. I, I fished for largemouth. Okay. <laughs> but, you, but look, St. Lawrence was all small. Yes. St. Lawrence, I weighed in 100% smallmouth. Champlain, I weighed in two smallmouth and 13 largemouth. Okay. All right. So I did, I did catch a couple. But, uh, yeah, St. Lawrence, I... Smallmouth the whole time, and that's you had to be happy with that. Yeah, I am. I, I mean, I've done well at a few smallmouth places at like St. Clair and things. Certain places I do okay with them. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily bad at catching smallmouth. I'm bad at catching St. Lawrence smallmouth. <laughs> For sure. So, I, 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 this was my third time, and I, I did a little different. Usually, I kind of practice everywhere, and uh, like I'll end up finding some good spots, but they're too far apart to fish them all. Okay. So this time, I picked about 10 to 12 miles of the river, and I fished it all three days of practice. And I found three places in 10 miles, which doesn't sound like much, but right. I just rotated those three places the whole time. Oh, wow. So I was out of fish, though. You were out of fish. Oh, if I'd have made day four, yeah, I would have not. I would have fished 10. <laughs> <laughs> I was out. I called so them all. one out of 11 wasn't too bad, did Yeah, it? <laughs> it wasn't bad. I mean, it would have been nice to get in for the extra money, but, yeah, I had no fish left. I called them all. Between me and Seth. Me and Seth Fighter shared some places. So. Okay. All right. So there, there wasn't, we, we caught... Well, we, I say we caught we caught all the good ones. I could have went and caught a limit again, but okay. it would it wouldn't have been twenty pounds. Okay, all right, gotcha. Um, so, okay, so but you got Hartwell Classic mm-hmm. made that. That's going to be March deal. Yeah, Hartwell in March, and then San. Yeah, I guess in March just, as well. Just soon after Hartwell. Yeah. The two South Carolina stops. We had that again. Um, this will be fun fishing close to home, I'm sure. Yeah, at least I won't have to drive. The rest of our travel next year is going to be bad. <laughs> so with those two, it'll be nice, nice. to be the yeah. month of March. I'll be home pretty much. Oha and South Dakota. Any ideas? Uh, I watched the old one there, and okay. it looked, I mean, it looks good. Like it looks, okay. it's, it's mostly smallmouth, but different sort of. I mean, I've never been there, so right. I don't know. But watching some of the other tournaments there and fishing there, it looks like smallmouth that you target like you fish for spotted bass around here. Okay. Or around home. So, like, okay. it looks like Lake Russell spotted bass, but smallmouth, <laughs> if that makes sense. That's what it's like how you target Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, so it looks like, I think I like it. Okay. And I've never been to South Dakota, so. Yeah, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Let's I'm, go check it out. Yeah, yeah, I might end up getting my brother to drive my boat and truck there, but <laughs> it, it looks like a cool place to fish. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, I cast always yeah. stuff. Well, there's more tackle here, and you can check to get. Last time we talked, your rods were coming. Mm-hmm. Now they're here. Yep, we finished them. They've been out since, like, winter, 
time, okay. I guess you'd say. Yeah. And uh, we got them fine-tuned by the time. We were working on them last time, and I've, it took me about a year and a half to get them exactly the way I wanted. We ended up with, we got 14 models, 11 casting, 3 spinning rods. So the, my goal was to be able to, outside of I did not make a heavy flipping rod or a deep, deep cranking rod okay. because that's very technique specific. Right. But in my 14 models, my goal was to just general fishing. I can do everything I want to do with one of my 14 models. That was the goal. So I, I, I wouldn't say I have technique specific rods, but I have some that are, you can do a lot of things with, but they're tailored more to techniques that we use a lot in South Carolina, really. Okay. That's, that's the way I made them. Like I've got a, a buzz bait rod, which you could use as a spinner bait rod and other things, but specifically buzz bait, topwater rods. Like I've got rods that are meant to be perfect for certain things. When you say tweaking things, what what when you build a rod, what are you tweaking a rod? Yeah. Well, like some of the things we changed from the initial one is like a couple of the actions had too soft a tip or too stiff a tip, which that's general. That's what you would expect. Okay. Change some of the actions, but then like even down to, I didn't like the way some of the guides looked. I didn't like the looks of them or some of them just the spacing on them. Didn't like that. Change the real the grip where you hold your hand. Changed it a couple times. Okay. Things like that. Just just stuff to make it feel better. I, I mean, I want it to feel good in anybody's hand, but specifically, yours. It's my hand. It's my. That's it, right. It's my signature rod. I want it to be perfect for me, and that's what we did. We just changed the handles. Because this is what you're using. Yeah, when you, when you Yeah, these rods they only retail at 99 bucks, but it's it's not like I'm using a special version when I fish. I'm using the 99 dollar retail rod. Yep, 99 bucks, and I'm fishing the League Series with them. So. And you catch plenty of fish with them. I catch plenty <laughs> with them. They're good rods. They're. I, I mean, I compare them to any. Two hundred something dollar okay. rod on the market. I mean, yeah. you, you, we got. I feel like they do everything they need to do, and they're supposed to be at an economical price. That's good because you and I really stunk the last time we were fishing together. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we missed some fish. I, I'm a little rusty at home. We don't get to fish as much. <laughs> that was funny, folks. We were we were out there fishing, and we went back up in the river because we weren't having much luck on lake. And, and Brandon goes, "Now there are five bites back in here. We got six. And we missed all six and of them. we missed all six of them. <laughs> Very spectacular in some instances. Yep. I called it. I knew where they were. Yeah. But we just, yeah, didn't, but we uh, just didn't execute. Didn't, didn't execute. Yeah, it happens sometimes. A lot, lot of fun, though. A lot yeah. of fun. I um, think we probably weren't real focused as we'd be in a tournament as no, well, though. We weren't, so. we weren't focused at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is obvious. Um, uh, and, and we're going to do this. I talked to Drew Pridge, and we're going to do it like do a show. But, but, And I think I've mentioned this on the show. But you are now kind of the... the the, I don't know. What do you call yourself for Lander University? Uh, my job title, title technically, is director of bass fishing operations. But you can kind of consider me like the assistant coach. Okay. I'm the coach when I'm home, but we have to have a full time coach because I'm gone too much. Right. So that's basically what it is. Well, that's pretty cool because you're gonna get you're gonna you're so close in age to these guys, it's gonna be easier for them to relate to you. Yeah, and the cool thing is, is like college fishing. I mean, a lot of these guys are fishing lakes that. A lot of it you can't get info, so not necessarily help them that way, but then as far as like where to stay, but what boat ramps to put in at at lakes, like just the area, I've been to everywhere. So it's it's cool to be able to, like my experiences will help help them be better at a lot of these tournaments. So outside of just the fishing, just everything. Yeah. All right, the Elite Series is over. This is mm -hmm. the middle of July. What are you going to do the rest of the year? guess I'll work with Lander, play Call of Duty, and fish a little bit. That'll be my, my fall schedule. <laughs> and duck hunt when season gets here. Yeah, I'll probably do a little. I, I don't know. It depends if we get any ducks. We haven't got any uh, last few years, so 
maybe. Maybe it's a little different. Go saltwater fishing. I, there you go. I, I do a lot of salt. I, last year, I always saltwater fish heavily in the fall, but right. last year we got a fall elite season. Right. So I never right. got to do it. So I'll saltwater fish this year. Cool. All right, man. I appreciate it. And, uh, hey, season will be here before you know it. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I like the off season. I'm always ready to start by the time the season gets here, but it does go by real, real fast. Cool. Thanks, Brandon, and we'll catch up with you later. All right, thank you. So, there you have it. Live from the floor of ICAST. Be some more coming up next week on the show. (coughs) Excuse me me when it rains, it pours. Uh, You've got a week to get involved with the South Carolina 7. Um just real quickly, going to run through this. They're going to be in Allendon just tomorrow on the 25th. Uh, that's the terminus of the end of the Palmetto Trail across the state there at the Buck Hall Recreation Area. It runs along Allendon Creek. It's a really pretty hike. On the 26th, they're going to be at Brook Green Gardens. That's Monday. Um, it's open, Brook Green opened in 1932, and it's built on four former rice plantations, taking its name from the former Brook Green Plantation Day 27, Edisto River tubing on Tuesday. Uh, you know, it's, it's the longest blackwater river, um, in the United States and the long, the longest worldwide. Uh, be a good time. They're going to go tubing, not kayaking this time. Uh, Ace Basin exploration on the 28th. You know, the Ace Basin is the Ashpoo, Combahee, and Edisto Basin, uh, river basins all come together. 350,000 acres. We love going down there and you will too if you get a chance to go out there. Day 29, Thursday, Bull Island. Um, charter boat exploration, exploration, be a good time. Uh, it's 5,000 acre maritime forest and is specifically known for the boneyard. And when you get out there, you understand why it's called the boneyard. Uh, on day 30, they're going Cooper Blackwater diving. Uh, they say you can see about a half an inch with a light. Not my cup of tea, but they enjoy doing it. And then the, I think they'll spend the, the last day of it at the uh, aquarium there in Charleston on the finish line. So, you got a week to go. You might can get out there and still get involved. And, uh, and wow, just another year, another July's gone. And where is this year gone already? We're towards the end of July already. Um, so that's, uh, that's a little bit for you deer hunters. Let me see. I've got some information for you from the Sacramento Park Natural Resources. It says, look in your, um, keep looking in your mailboxes because, um, Tags are being mailed out. If you have an annual or three-year hunting license and big game permit, combination license, sportsman license, which will be valid on August the 15th, then you will automatically receive a base set of deer tags soon. Accordingly, Lifeline, Senior, Gratis, and Catawba license holders that previously requested deer tags will automatically receive a free base set of tags this year and into the future. Uh, you don't you don't need to do anything. Youth and three-year disability license hunters. Holders must still request their free base set of tags each year. So there you go. They're coming. They're available over the counter August 2nd at DNR across the state. Big news. My grandson Lee was born last Thursday, July the 15th, 721 in the evening. I'm a crotchety old man now. Hey, make time to get out there. Take the back roads when you can. Don't forget the camera. See you back here next week. More Woods and Water, South Carolina. Yeah.